Welcome to the Buddha Sasana podcast. This talk was given by Bhikkhu Chintita in Chisago City, Minnesota. As a great flood carries away a sleeping village, so death seizes and carries away the man with a clinging mind, doting on his children and cattle. For him, who is assailed by death, there is no protection by kinsmen. None there are to save him, no sons, nor father, nor relatives. Realizing this fact, let the wise man, restrained by morality, hasten to clear the path leading to Nibbana. The householder Upali was a disciple of a prominent spiritual teacher at the time of the Buddha and had sought out the Buddha in order to debate him on a matter of doctrine. After the Buddha had taken the wind out of Upali's sails, as he always did in such circumstances, the Buddha continued the conversation. Then the fortunate one gave the householder Upali the gradual instruction that is, talk on generosity, talk on precepts, talk on heavens. He explained the drawbacks, degradation, and corruption of sensual passions and the rewards of renunciation. We need to say no more about the foregoing. In preceding talks, we've outlined the values attitudes, understandings, practices, and other conditions that constitute the Buddhist life. These are based on virtue, harmony, and contentment, on refuge in the sources of Buddhist wisdom, and on a community supportive of the Buddhist life, supportive of the preservation of Buddhist wisdom, and supportive of admirable Buddhist practice. Together, these factors in a Buddhist life bring benefit to the world and are conducive to personal well-being and fulfillment. Let's continue. When he knew that the householder Upali's mind was ready, receptive, unbiased, elated, and trusting, he expounded to him the teaching special to Buddhas, suffering, its origin, its cessation, and the path. Once generosity and ethical conduct are fulfilled, the dangers of sensual pursuits and the benefits of renunciation understood, and an abiding trust in Buddhist teachings realized, we are ready to move to the next step to receive and understand the teaching special to Buddhas, which is precisely the Four Noble Truths, which brings us 
to the Noble Eightfold Path, the path of practice that culminates in awakening and that provides the topic of the remaining talks in this series. In this series of talks, we want to look at the Noble Eightfold Path in detail, the eight bullet points of advanced Buddhist practice. As the Buddha finished expounding the gradual teaching, the effect on Upali was astonishing, albeit one oft repeated in such circumstances and in many discourses. Just as a clean cloth with all marks removed would take dye evenly, so too, while the householder Upali sat there, the spotless, immaculate vision of Dhamma arose in him. All that is subject to arising is subject to cessation. Then the householder Upali saw the Dhamma, attained the Dhamma, understood the Dhamma, fathomed the Dhamma. He crossed beyond doubt, did away with perplexity, gained intrepidity, and became independent of others in the Buddha Sasana. Upali had not fully awakened, but had embarked fully on the Noble Eightfold Path, from which there could be no regression. All that is subject to arising is subject to cessation, is one of the simplest formulas of the principle of conditionality or dependent co-arising. That is entirely contingent on this and is really only by virtue of this. Conditionality undergirds the teaching special to the Buddhas and is a constant theme in this series of talks. The Four Noble Truths themselves involved an instance of conditionality, whereby suffering is contingent on our own neediness. Conditionality at the same time, simple and profound, provides a distinctive lens with which to view the world, one that sees right through that which we have always taken to be substantial. To first see through this lens is to acquire the vision of Dhamma, Dhamma Chakku, sometimes translated as the Dhamma I. To acquire the vision of the Dhamma is to become a stream enterer, Sotapanna, one who has fully attained the path or entered the stream. The Noble Eightfold Path is the path for those who aspire to excellence in the context of a Buddhist life. Indeed, the path builds on and enhances the Buddhist life before it leads to the perfection of Nibbana, which is variously described as awakening, as the end of suffering, as escape from the round of rebirth, as freedom from sickness, from old age, and from death, as the end of greed, of hatred, and delusion, as the relinquishment of all attachments, as the stilling of all passions and conceptualizations, 
as seeing things exactly as they really are. The Buddhist path discussed in these talks is a systematic course of training, integrating many of the factors of the Buddhist life, but with an overarching emphasis on gaining penetrating insight into the nature of the world and of the intricacies of the human mind. Before that, the path takes us through many intermediary attainments, not only through stages of awakening, but also progressively through greater virtue, through the purification of mind from defilements, through renunciation, through an increasing sense of serenity and well-being, through the easing of personal suffering, through impartiality and clear-seeing, and through the cutting away of delusions, views, and conceptualizations that give rise to misperceptions, particularly the misperception of a substantial self. The path cleared by the Buddha leads through improving to ultimately perfecting human character. So let's begin with an introduction to the Noble Eightfold Path. In the final step of the Buddha's gradual instruction, discussed in my book, Buddhist Life, Buddhist Path, is the Four Noble Truths, which are, one, the truth of suffering, two, the truth of the origin of suffering, three, the truth of the cessation of suffering, and for the truth of the way of practice leading to the cessation of suffering. The fourth truth is just this noble eightfold path, Arya Atangika Magga, first taught in the very first discourse of the Buddha, the discourse known as the turning of the wheel. In this discourse, he had first declared the middle way as a path between the practices of austerity and indulgence, then continued. And, and what, what is, is the middle, middle way? way? It, it is, is simply the noble eightfold path. That is to say, right view, right intention, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, and right concentration. That is the middle way discovered by the perfect one, which gives vision, which gives knowledge, and which leads to peace, to direct acquaintance, to discovery, to nibbana. These talks are organized according to this Noble Eightfold Path. We'll come back to the rest of the Four Noble Truths when we talk about right view. The word right here in each of these eight factors is normative, much as skillful and meritorious. In fact, the development of a skill is an apt way to describe the development of human character. We develop behavioral qualities, mental qualities, and knowledge to try to produce certain results. 
there is certainly a right way to realize these results and a wrong way that fails to produce the desired results, or maybe a couple of right ways and a large array of wrong ways. Without proper training in the right and wrong ways of doing things, we might still be able to cook a meal but not an appetizing one. We might be able to produce a teapot out of clay, but neither a beautiful nor a functional one. We might be able to accomplish life's tasks and experience what life offers, but not with fulfillment and joy, nor without causing great harm to others. What we do in Buddhism is the same as what the potter does, except we are shaping our characters and our lives rather than clay. To do this, we need to distinguish the right way from the wrong. So let's go through these eight factors. This is our initial pass-through. Right view. This is the correct understanding of the Dhamma or Buddhist doctrine, the insights of the Buddha that underlie Buddhist life and practice. These talks are intended to establish the listener in right view. We'll see that these insights are for the most part grounded in human psychology and verifiable in our own experience. The content of right view includes, for instance, the Four Noble Truths along with the Noble Eightfold Path itself, the understanding of Kamma and the fruits of Kamma, and dependent co-arising, the Buddha's core teaching on human psychology. Right Intention this is the proper set of values that we carry on the path. Briefly, renunciation, kindness, and harmlessness. Whereas right view provides the map, right intention provides the compass to ensure we set our course in the right direction. Right speech. This is to practice so that our speech becomes beneficial, harmless, and conducive to the purity of mind that we seek to develop on the path and that is perfected in awakening. Right action. This is to practice so that our physical actions become beneficial, harmless, and conducive to the purity of mind that we seek to develop on the path and that is perfected in awakening. Right livelihood. This is to choose one's career path carefully so that we do not obligate ourselves to conditions that require wrong speech or wrong action, and that undermine the various other aspects of practice. This is the one factor of the path in which monastic life and lay life are distinguished, for monastics have no livelihood. Otherwise, the nature of livelihood is a major determinant of our success on the path. Right effort. This is to be vigilant in making proper choices to choose what is wholesome and to askew what is unwholesome, to choose what contributes to our development on the path and to askew what produces regression. Right effort underlies right everything else, but is particularly directed 
toward purity of mind. Right mindfulness, this is to cultivate an awareness that keeps Dhamma in mind and that responds appropriately. It keeps us on task in the practice of each of the other path factors. It also is engaged to bring about meditative states. Right mindfulness is the engine of insight, that is, the intuitive understanding of the world, the mind, and the relation between the two. Right mindfulness is a very powerful quality of mind. Right concentration. This is to bring the mind to a meditative state that is collected and composed, that is clear and undistracted. Concentration is a natural consequence of continued mindfulness, but it turns it into an extremely refined instrument of insight. Right concentration requires a degree of mastery of all the previous seven path factors. The Eightfold Path is divided in one of the discourses into three parts, the Wisdom Group, the Ethics Group, and the Concentration Group. This three-way partition, incidentally, was defined not by the Buddha, but by his disciple, the great awakened nun, Dhammadina, who delivered this particular discourse. The wisdom group includes those steps on the path that constitute the prerequisite understanding and aspirations we bring to practice. The understanding is, at least initially, what we acquire from hearing or reading the Dhamma, including the understanding of the other two groups, which is why it comes prior to them. The wisdom group consists of right view and right intention. The ethics group is a refinement of the practices of virtue that we discussed under Buddhist life in previous talks. It consists of right speech, right action, and right livelihood. The concentration group has to do with the practice of cultivating the mind, which in its most pure forms is practiced with a serene and collected meditative mind, or samadhi. It is this final group that develops the vision and intuitive knowledge of things as they really are that lead to liberation, that is, to awakening. The concentration group consists of right effort, right mindfulness, and right concentration. The following talks will follow the logic of these three groups. Let's stop here. Next week, we'll continue our first pass overview of the higher training as we consider how the Noble Eightfold Path is primarily a path of ethics. And we will introduce the concept of the stream enterer, the trainee who possesses the ideal qualities to embark on the Noble Eightfold Path.